Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings, welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar performer, setting the bar lower each day so that I can be sure to always go down to the next lower level and across the Believe me, you seldom exceed my expectations. <laughs> I guess. All right. As I'm sure I seldom exceed yours. As a man who... Hmm, yeah, pretty yeah, much right. true. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Mr. Old what's-his-name is here again. <laughs> oh, oh, Joe. <laughs> Old Joe McGranahan is here. Uh, But his Fox Funnels are firmly in place, and he's ready to talk about important topics. We have an open phone state. Just this one in the left, it's loose. Thank you. All righty. Oh, the funnel. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we have a little ratchet spanner wrench that goes around the outside of the funnels to screw them in ever tighter. So, yes, so we want Joe to be able to hear whatever Fox is channeling to him. And we would love to hear from you, 1-800-795-9565, or whatever media channel trips your trigger. We'd just love to hear that. We can talk about the Pennsylvania spring primary election a little bit. When we last spoke, Joe and I were speaking were speaking simultaneously into the microphone about the importance of rejecting the two ballot referenda that relate to the uh, No, we were speaking about the need to pass those two. <laughs> you were wanted to pass them. I was ready to Yes, on one them. and two, no on three and four. No, that's exactly wrong on all points, isn't no, that funny? No, it's exactly right. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, Joe's got it backwards, but if you really want to know how to pass those uh, referenda, let you know. Make sure you get out the vote today. Tune in tonight, and uh, you'll be able to hear your vote count on WDKOK.com tonight. So we'll keep you posted about uh, that on WDKOK.com this evening. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do as I've done. Check them out at SunburyMotors.com. You can check out their total inventory. If you don't see the Ford or key of your precise specifications there. You can build one to your specifications. Now, instead of waiting about two, three weeks, you'll wait about two, three months because they don't have enough superconductors. But as soon as they get them in, they slap them in these vehicles and uh, ship them to the Sunbury North They Force. don't slap them in. They carefully <laughs> and methodically and expertly place them in. Yeah, can you imagine years ago, like if one of the chips maybe got nudged against something when they're put, oh, throw that one away, you know. And, and now, now they're like precious glove handling dust free environment. Uh, the most precious things in the world are being installed and on this are. Ford vehicle. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Open phones, the topic of your selection. And Eric's on the phone to tell us we should vote again, as he does every election day. Good morning, Eric, and you're welcome. We're glad to take your call, and we're glad you're calling in to tell yeah, us to vote. We are going to vote today. <laughs> I already voted by mail. Joe voted at 7 a.m. What else? Oh, that's it. Thanks, guys. Uh, you Have a nice it. day, Eric. Okay, we'll talk later. <laughs> no, uh, uh, yes. Uh, again, I encourage everyone to get out and exercise your right, your right to vote and the right to speak your mind and think about what's on the ballot. I'm not going to get into different candidates. I think that's already been well-established, and everyone should have their mind made out 
made up by now. What I really hate is when I see people handing out brochures right outside the polling places, which they're allowed to do if they're X number of feet, I think, from the entrance to the polling place. That just aggravates me to no end to think, oh, I have not decided or I have not researched on my own. Oh, you can change my opinion by putting a piece of paper in my hand, you know, the last second before I vote, and I find that offensive. I actually had somebody this morning. I actually had somebody this morning say to me, "If you haven't made up your mind on the race for judge, may I suggest?" So they Uh at least were acknowledging the fact that I might have made up my mind before I came into the polls. Yeah, but to 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 assume that oh oh you know by by hand putting piece of paper, and actually I have found those pieces of paper left in the polling place, and of course I pointed out that to to my polling folks, and they they were very concerned that someone had left something in the polling place, which is absolutely illegal uh, to have you know, anything there. But uh, as to the... So I'm not going to talk about any of the candidates, uh, but as to the amendments, uh, I would encourage all of the folks who are voting today to take these issues seriously. They have to be very serious issues to get to the point where we are considering a constitutional change in Pennsylvania. They're very important. Some are very basic about rights and so forth, and we have one of those today about about racism and so forth. One is about funding for um, um, fire companies. departments, which I think is more of a, a structural or something that the way the was written, it was uh, it was uh, something that probably needs to be changed to allow fire companies to do that. The first two, however, are blatant; they're political folks. They are simply our Republican. House and Senate, which are controlled and been controlled by the Republicans for a long, long time, to try to impede on the um, on the power of the governor and impede upon the fact that we have a three-part system of our government checks and balances. And if we say yes to change our Constitution, let's remember, folks, this is changing our Constitution. It whittles away on that separation of the three different branches of the government, and I say vote no, vote no, and then vote yes, vote yes. I hope voted, they vote yes for one and two, and I'll tell you why. I think that it isn't usurping the governor's authority. It's making it subject to legislative review, which it should be. And I guarantee you, if the situation was reversed and we had a Republican governor and a Democratic legislature, you'd be on the other side of that argument. Because you'd be worried, and justifiably so, that any governor could unilaterally make the decision to shut down the state, change the economy, without having some form of redress, some form of oversight by the legislature. That's all they're asking for. But why why do we need the constitutional change, then, if it was was designed in the Constitution to have limiting powers and, you know... It's just just taking away the power that one of our branches of government has, and basically but saying, "Okay, no, it no, doesn't. No, we're taking away your power." No, he still can declare the state of emergency. He's the only one who can. The only thing is, it's subject to review after a certain period of time to make sure that it's still necessary. Well, That's this all they're doing. The pandemic has exposed what is obviously something that needs to be adjusted, but just uh, three weeks is way too short. And this is, as uh, Eric wisely pointed out, just a knee-jerk reaction by the Republicans because they're irritated at the governor. And the governor deserves the irritation. There's no doubt about it. He definitely ran this in a closed-door fashion, wouldn't negotiate, wouldn't uh, talk to people, wouldn't uh, let open records 
legs be open, did a wide range of missteps, I think, along the way when it comes to communication and certainly listening to the legislature and having an emergency go on for a year and a half is obviously too long. But to say that three weeks is an appropriate time, the legislative body is slow, deliberative, it's like a turtle. Asking them to get involved in emergency response is like asking uh, Joe to walk to emergencies in Shemokin Dam or something. It's, it's, it, it's a good idea to reel in the governor's powers, no doubt about this. This is too onerous, too short. Uh, this is just a Republican way to slap but the governor. But it doesn't mean that it's got to be terminated at the end of three weeks. You're assuming that the law says after three weeks, the governor's declaration of an emergency is over. That's Which, not well, so. That's what the Republicans he has have done because they want things open. He has to justify it to the legislature. And what if the legislature happens to be democratically controlled at the time? It's, this is not and, something okay. that's aimed at one guy. This is aimed at making sure we don't go through the same scenario again. This is aimed at one guy. No, oh, come what on. would it take, then, if we pass this, what would it take? A simple majority, two-thirds majority, as in uh, a veto override? What would it take? It's unexplained to me. So until it gets explained to me, I'm not going to change the Constitution. Simple a majority to change the emergency declaration. But first the... Okay, see, and then that, and that raises the... So, so then that unsurps the governor's power. Why not two-thirds if it truly is is something that's in the good of Pennsylvania? Why not then make it then have to be a two-thirds majority, as in what it takes to override a governor veto? Why not? Why not put that into it? That I might be able to think about, Joe, and I would then maybe follow your argument, but to just to, to unsert the governor's power to throw it back to the legislature, which we know and you know, and everyone who knows politics knows, will be controlled by the Republicans in Pennsylvania, the House. And the Senate, probably both, for a long period of time. The only way we have checks and balances is in the governorship, which we know, if you follow history, we elect a governor, we tend to keep that governor in for okay. eight years, and then we he goes out, and then the other party takes over for eight years. But using Mark's argument, and I think this kind of, he's making my argument when he says it, the governor allowed this emergency declaration to go on unchallenged for over a year without consulting with the, the legislature, without talking to them. They've all complained that he's been imperious. I mean, he's just refused to talk about it. He's You're made the decision. you tell me that the governor, Wolf, did not talk to anyone in the legislature for a year? Now, come on, Did Joe. not talk you to know, them, would not, would not meet with them on this issue. We've had several of them on the air here talking about that, including Senator Gordner. And, and so he he never met with any of the uh, Democrats. He wouldn't either, he huh? wouldn't talk to. The, well, I don't know whether he's talked to the Democrats or whether they even bothered Thank to you. ask him anything. <laughs> Thank you. They probably didn't ask him anything. I mean, he's in their own party. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. <laughs> Thank yeah, you there. for the opportunity, gentlemen. I got to get my grandkids to school. Have fun. Oh, you. Take care. Have fun. Thank you. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. Already did, Eric. I already did. Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. I am calling just before I head out to vote because I want to support the two, well, three amendments to the Constitution. The, th the fourth issue about the fire companies is actually a referendum, an agreement to take out public debt, not a, an amendment. So I misspoke about that yesterday, and I apologize. But I wholeheartedly support these amendments, and one of the reasons is that it certainly provides for checks and balances. That's exactly what it is. I can't in, in my wildest dreams imagine if we had a legitimate emergency that the uh, legislature would cut off the governor. But I do believe that 
we shed a unilateral governance by a king hundreds of years ago for a good reason, and we should do what we need to do to assure that that doesn't start again. And sadly enough, we saw the abuse of this process over the last year and a half, and I stand for any effort to rein that in. I would have no problem explaining myself where I the governor to the legislature. I would have no problem. The more minds, hands dealing with an issue, the better. But so to close the door on those communications and then last week to refuse to even send someone to that committee meeting to look over their uh, the negligence of the company that released all that private medical information. I mean, really, this kind of attitude towards governance is not acceptable. Well, I think you're you're right as far as it goes, but to place any trust in our legislature that they'll somehow be able to do better than the governor than to try to uh, run an emergency. I mean, they are a slow, deliberative process, totally politically uh, leaning to the right without any interest at all. And the governor's not? Including Democrats. Oh, he may be on the left, but he has every Pennsylvanian in mind, certainly the GOP leadership in Harrisburg. Oh, they don't. The has GOP has no, no interest in the people of the community. Well, they absolutely don't, Joe. Haven't you watched them over the past five years? Jeez Louise. Brother. Okay. Well, the way I see it, no one, no one, I don't care who you are or whether you walk on water, no one in America should have unilateral power over the people that they claim to govern for this period of time. That was excessive. And, Mark, as a person who participated in emergency care and in emergency issues, Uh, For many years, I don't have a problem saying 21 days. 21 days doesn't mean it's over. It simply means now I go and say, listen, I need more time, and then they create a consensus. And if you can't create a consensus, then clearly there is some problem Hmm. about whether or not it's truly an emergency. So I urge my neighbors, including those people who are not R's and D's, you get to vote on this, too. You have a stake in it to show up today and vote. Thanks, gentlemen. Have Thank a great you. one. Well, and I think the governor did a terrible job. There's no argument there. But to cut him off at three weeks is way too but onerous. You're not he cutting needs him to off. have it Mark, reeled in. There's no change there. Cutting him off. But what we should do, asking a committee to run an emergency, Joe. Honestly, you think that's a good idea? Yes, hey, we committees have a fire run emergencies here. all the we time. We have a fire in Shamoka <laughs> Dam. Let's bring in a dozen of the best fire chiefs. No, the dozen of the most partisan one-sided fire chiefs from around the county. But they're still going to consult with each other and determine what's the best mode of attack on a fire. You know, they work together. I think the legislature would work together with the governor. They just wanted information, which he refused to give them. Nobody, I don't believe any Republican or Democratic member of the state House or Senate would deliberately try to impede the governor in a true and genuine emergency. That's saying that they're so callous that they don't care about anything but politics. I'm not willing to go down that rat hole yet. I believe there's still redeeming features in our state legislators. <laughs> I, I do, and I think they would work with the governor. They all have the interest of pe- safety of Pennsylvania citizens. Can you imagine somebody who would vote uh, to allow something extremely dangerous to continue to go on? Like, let's say there was a, a gasoline spill, and the governor said, I don't want smoking in the area. Think after 21 okay. days, they wouldn't say, the legislator would, legislature wouldn't say, but you're remember, right, governor, we don't want smoking in that area. Okay, so in Pennsylvania, 
if the Republican legislature was in charge of this, we'd have no masking, no shutdowns at all whatsoever, no mitigation. And how's Remember, Texas doing and how's Florida doing compared to to Illinois or to uh, New York and California? Many more deaths than no, Pennsylvania. Oh, no, 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 no. You think the masking and the shutdowns hurt Pennsylvania more than they helped? I do. Okay. I think the economy wouldn't be in nearly as bad a shape if we had opened up a little bit earlier with common sense and with restrictions. I think your Fox funnels are cutting off circulation. Your CNN funnels are blocking everything. (laughs) They are MSNBC funnels. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. The one I'm looking at in your left ear says CNN. The right ear says MSNBC. They're working together. All right. We have got to take a quickie break, but we'd love to get you involved in this. Obviously, these uh, referenda aren't cut and dried, at least the first two. The second two probably are, but the first two, no. 1-800-795-9565. What's your view on this? 1-800-795-9565. Joe says the state legislature can very much help a governor run a state of emergency after the initial declaration. I say the legislature is diabolical and not interested in helping, only to increase their power. What's your view? And we wonder why state legislators are hesitant to come on this program. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Well, you know, I think if you elect somebody to office, you should ask them tough questions. You shouldn't give them fluffy questions just because you're afraid they won't come back. That's not – tough questions is one thing. Making blanket statements about their credibility is another. Their collective interest is obvious, Joe. It's plainly obvious what Jake Corman and the rest of the country – And that's just the Republicans. The Democrats are their models of virtue. Is that correct? (laughs) They have been totally marginalized. They're there. I know they're there. But they have been uh, stuck in the corner. All right, 1 800 795 9565. Weigh in on the referenda. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Day. Okay, All that right. it is. Super. Thank you so much, Rob Center. I think I need to clean the thing in here to make it sound better. <laughs> we'll get you some of that. Couldn't sp- quite tell what it was. Spray yeah. stuff. All okay. right. I'll try that again later. All right. Thank you. I have to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company vehicle that I got to drive. This particular Ford F-150 was antimatter blue. I saw one of them driving around yesterday. My lovely bride noticed it first from across the way because it looks almost like a gray or a dark color uh, when it's in the shade. But then when the sun hits it, holy smokes, it comes alive. 
it. It's real antimatter. If you touch it, your hand evaporates. Has a gray accent. XLT chrome package. A 2.7 liter V6 EcoBoost engine. 19 gallons. Of, uh, 19 gallons to the mile. <laughs> no, that's a tank. Wow, there's a there's a fuel burner. <laughs> we got to get that better. 19 miles to the gallon in the city and 24 on the highway. But you can get up to 30 if you go easy on the gas. It's got the order auto stop start technology. EcoBoost motor. But more importantly, it has a bottle opener on the tailgate. It has a measuring tape there to measure your fish or wood, I suppose, if you happen to be doing an outside project. And if the project goes past sunset, LED side mirror spotlights, back spotlights, front spotlights that used LED. They don't drain the battery. But if you want to start the motor, then you can run the generator. It's got a generator on board, 400 watts of power in the back, about 200 in the front. And it is just a super truck. Plus, it comes with a little drone that follows you all the time to make sure you're not going to hit anything. So you can't do better than that. Uh, 21 uh, Ford F-150, uh, $44,000. That was the best part about it. So great price on a great truck. Sunbury Motors, sunburymotors.com. Stan, thank you for waiting. You're not looking for a new truck, but I'll tell you what, now you are intrigued, aren't you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there goes our sponsor. Well, they won't weigh too much money for trucks, for any vehicle these days for me. So besides that, uh, I got a question. Uh, it's a real simple question. Uh, all these constitutional amendments and uh, everything else that's going on, as far as the constitutional and equal protection under law, doesn't this law and constitutional change apply to everyone? doesn't matter of party. When the new governor comes in, if it's a Republican or Democrat and something goes on and he has to declare emergency, these constitutional amendments will affect them no matter the makeup of the, uh, the legislature, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Now, my point exactly. Well, I think so, that's definitely true in theory, but the fact is that the governor is a Democrat and only loves Democrats and marginalized the Republicans, wouldn't talk to them, listen to them, sit down, participate, or in any way include them in the discussions. The Republican <laughs> legislature, onerous, uh, GOP, that they are led by Jake Corman, and Mastriano's up involved in there, uh, they have very little interest in any of the Democrats or working with the governor or compromise. I think to take emergency powers into run an emergency with that set up for a committee is a recipe for bad news. Now, the governor needs to be reeled in. We need a compromise. You know, three weeks is too short. Forever, which is what it is now, is too long. Somewhere in between is appropriate, but this measure's uh, too, too short. He too doesn't soon. seem to understand, Stan, that the fact that it's subject to review in three weeks doesn't mean that it's over. He seems right. to yeah, think I, that that I, I means it's over. It applies to both. No matter what the party is in charge on either, whether it's legislature or governor, it applies to them. So it's to them, to their benefit on both sides, to work together to solve the problem, which isn't the case right now because the governor could care less what the legislature wants or cares about right now. They don't. He doesn't provide them information as they've asked for. Correct. Right, and I, I think it's a matter of philosophy, and I'm not saying, I mean, I have a lot of respect for my Democratic friends, and I, I know people who are on that side of the aisle who are great folks and wonderful folks, but at, on the national level and politically, the people who run the politics of this, and the Republicans are pretty much just as bad in the opposite direction, they want people to be dependent on the government. You know, I think that that's the difference between the philosophy. Republicans want people to exercise their own uh, common in, common sense and their own self-interest, and people on the other side of the aisle want them to be dependent on the government for some reason or another. 
it appears that way, but in the end, we have a governor, not a dictator. And right now, Wolf is acting as a dictator, making his edicts as he sees fit, not necessarily following science, but just as he sees fit. And that's just, you know, the way it looks. Yeah. Well, you know, Mark said, who wants a committee running an emergency? Well, I've been involved in a number of emergency committees in the state of Pennsylvania, and they all function very well, you know, and they're Republicans and Democrats. I don't even know uh, when I chaired the State Emergency Communications Committee. I don't have any idea what the politics is of the people except those who were appointed by the governor's office. And you, should, and, and you shouldn't know because the only important thing in an emergency is solving the problem. Right. That, that's it. And right now, the governor has put politics in it because when he's unwilling to work with the legislature to give them the an, you know, answers to the questions that they ask, whether they would have done anything, could have done anything, because right now, if the legislature passes a bill in both houses for a law and the governor doesn't want to sign it, you know, even pertaining to anything, whether it's this pandemic problem or whatever, he doesn't like it, he's going to veto it. And they don't have a veto-proof majority in either house. Correct? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Very good point. And it's nothing so, more than giving the legislature the same kind of checks and balances over the governor that he has over them. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, like I said, we we don't have a dictator here in the state, although he acts like one. Now, Mark, <laughs> as far as... I, I got, I got a, few, a little bit of information about the uh, chip problem with the automobile manufacturers. Oh, okay. It, uh, from what I was told last night, the problem is last year, you know, Ford and Chevy and uh, GM sold whatever they sold in vehicles, and I guess the numbers were down because of what was going on. So they determined that this year they wouldn't need any more because they figured the problems would be continuing, and they were mistaken. The sales numbers are up. They didn't order enough chips from these manufacturers, the chip manufacturers, so the chip manufacturers... You know, if they had open capacity, they went to other people. That's mm-hmm. part. That's my understanding of what the problem is mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I think the best chips are potato chips. All right, thank well, you, Stan. Middles, Middlesworth. <laughs> yeah, not just any. Chip. No, I like guts. <laughs> Lisa from Pennsylvania. Right. All right, thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for the information. That's a good update. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Bye. the car dealer said basically the same thing. It's just a supply and demand issue, and we're at the bottom of Thailand's list. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. we got open phones talking about the divisive referenda that have been placed on the Pennsylvania spring primary election ballot and whether they would help the state in case of emergency or whether they would uh, hurt the state or the change would not be ideal. Give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at Sunbury Motor 
Motors.com. Do as people have done for a century. Avail yourself with a great opportunity to participate in a Sunbury Motor Company vehicle sale. Or go to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, the body shop or the parts shop or the alignment shop or all their many other good shops that they have down there. You can call us on the topic of the referenda or anything else on your mind today, 1-800-795-9565. You can do as one of our listeners has done, email us at onthemarkatwkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. All you got to do is put the word OTM in the message first, and then leave one space, and, uh, well, you can leave more spaces if you so choose, but if OTM ain't at the beginning, it doesn't make it to our new text connector device, so please put OTM as the keyword in your text and send it to 70236, and uh, we'll read it on the radio. I believe we have three texts on the machine right now, so we'll read those on the radio shortly. What's your view on the referenda? I think they should go down to defeat, and we come up with a compromise on controlling the governor. Joe says this is a satisfactory compromise to get it going now. Maybe we'd want to change it later, but let's get this going now and get this governor reeled in. 1-800-795-9565. On the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236 with the keyword OTM. Uh, we'll start out uh, with the Pennsylvania spring primary election is underway. Turnout relatively light around here, uh, but polls opened at 7 o'clock, close at 8 p.m. Many people have mailed in their ballots uh, to this particular election. We invite you to go to WKOK.com tonight and you'll be able to see empirically watch your vote count uh, tonight. We'll be keeping the website up to date with election returns this evening. We have two crashes in the area that are still slowing traffic. Both happened around 7 a.m. First one on Route 15 at Winfield. Tractor trailer overturned there, primarily affecting the southbound lanes now. Northbound is open. It's an injury accident that happened several hours ago. And southbound traffic still slow. Northbound okay. Route 15 in Winfield. Route 890 slow in both directions as you approach Buffalo or Brush Valley Road. So do be aware of that in the in the crossroads area. And so watch for that slowdown in the, uh, I call it the Augustaville area. I hope I got the right spot. But that's out there outside Sunbury, Route 8 and 90 at the crossroads area. Uh, there's a slowdown there. So do be aware of that. Tough news over the weekend. Seven deaths around here because of COVID-19. Four in Northumberland County. Three in Montour County. The state reported 109 deaths over the weekend over the three days. Uh, good news, three-day total of new COVID-19 cases way down, just under 2,000 for the whole three-day period. Wasn't too long ago, 2,000 was the additional number of new COVID-19 cases every day. Locally, there were 48 new cases. Bucknell and Susquehanna wrap up their semesters. Bucknell had 572 cases of the disease this spring semester. Susquehanna had 157, and they'll drop off the radar now that the students have left Susquehanna. Bucknell's got a couple of more days to go, and graduation is set for uh, this weekend. Transitions of PA, major fundraiser is uh, set for tonight. It's their auctions that to help them stay in business. We're going to do a one-hour live virtual event where we'll do our normal live auction part of that, but we are going to run our silent auction from the 21st of May through the 28th. So it's really more of a, you know, a week-long party for us. Mayling Krantz is the CEO of the Transitions. Hundreds of items up for grab. Support a good cause and 
get some great art, activities, events, things, stuff, places, you name it. It's all on the auction. Transitionsofpa.org. People who are fully vaccinated can now attend Mass without masking, says the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg Monday. The diocese says it announced the change during this past weekend's Masses. Are you happy now? Yeah, we didn't uh, Saturday night. We still had to wear them. All right. People who are still not vaccinated must continue masking at Mass, says the Catholic Diocese in Harrisburg. And you still are dispensed from having to attend. Oh, okay. And WHTM-TV reporting that David Kennedy, president of the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania State Troopers Association, very upset, issued a statement Monday saying Governor Wolf insulted all police officers in a letter to all state employees regarding Juneteenth, which is a special holiday for state employees. The governor said, quote, the continued death of African Americans at the hands of police, unquote, is a painful reminder of the racism and tolerance that's still with us today. The State Police Association says that the governor is symbolically spitting the faces of all police officers and troopers who have given everything and some given their all for protection. And he's absolutely right, the head of the State Police Troopers Association. Okay, so the governor overstated that and the He troopers spit in the face of the troopers and oh. they're his his troopers. Well, yeah, but he's never really been on the same page with them. So He marched in that anti-police demonstration in Harrisburg during the height of the pandemic. Anti-police demonstration. <laughs> I sincerely doubt it was anti-police. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, in your view. That's what they told you through the funnels. Is everything that comes through the funnels always accurate? I mean, I know it's like leans left or right, but it's always... Well, how would you know? You don't even hear the other side. All you hear is what the stuff coming uh, through your I, funnels I, from I, CNN and MSNBC. I realize that. Yes, this is, I, I checked the funnels. One does say CNN. That's unbeknownst to me. They changed them on their own. But uh, anyway, I fully recognize that uh, some of the stuff that comes from MSNBC and CNN is just plain well, factually incorrect. I realize why it's not getting through your your funnels, because your funnels are full of something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. But some of the facts that get through are false, because uh, they exaggerate them and change and make them wrong. I just said, is everything that Fox tells you True. I don't know because I don't follow Fox exclusively. I listen to a lot of different opinions. Okay. For that rare moment that you are following Fox, is everything they say accurate? I haven't found any inaccuracies. Okay, thank you. I find that they miss some stories, that they don't report some stories. But the same thing is true on the other side of the aisle from MSNBC and CNN. I don't care about them. I know they're bad. I'm just trying to determine if Fox is as bad. Okay, they are as bad. bad. They're as bad. But at least they're accurate. See, CNN can't claim have. They all have uh, faults, if you will, that, that don't lend themselves to balanced and fair coverage anywhere. Because on the left, they slant things toward the left. On the right, they slant them toward the right. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think anybody who watches the news, if they consume every bit of it and believe everything they hear on one source, they're going to have a terrible time living in the real world. Okay. All right. Uh, finally, one other story. Hold on, Lance. Sorry about this. Yak, yak, yak. I'm we sorry. Go. I thought you were done. Penn State stops using male-centric terms like freshman. Penn State University, based in University Park, Pennsylvania, is going to stop using male-centric centric terms on campus. That means words like freshman, junior, and upper class man will be replaced with first year, second year, and lower division. They say the term... Lower division. (laughs) Yeah, that's an odd one. (laughs) 
Oh, what I thought Penn State at least would have some common sense. Here we go with more idiocy. <laughs> uh, let's see. They say the terms are the old terms, upper class man and fresh man, are dated, sound sexist, and promote classism. Whoa, oh, yes, of course. And we forgot racist. They've got to be racist, too, don't they? Uh, surely uh, junior is racist, senior is racist. Yeah. I don't think so. That's not in there. I well, don't know. I mean, they had everything else. I mean, there's a pro- this is got to be misogynic, xenophobic, and racist. This is from CBS, and it's one sentence about a big long letter that came out yesterday from the Penn State. What s- idiot at Penn State sent the letter out? Senate. I think it's the Senate, the student Senate, or something like that. But it's so we're not going to. Why is junior? Why is junior offensive? A lower division. Uh, but I, I guess because it relates to the old father-son uh, patriarchy, where you have. The father is the senior, you know, like Joe Senior, and then your son will be Joe Junior. So then that's why, by the same logic, then the word senior is not permitted, right? Uh, they don't actually say anything but about senior But junior's offensive, but senior's not offensive. I don't know. I'll look up the letter. We have the letter. Uh, let's see. One of our listeners sends us a note, upper right-hand, Joe. Says, I agree with Cindy. You need checks and balances. Let's bring it more down to your level, Mark. You're the general manager at WKOK, question mark. Yeah, there is a question mark. Do you have a board, question mark? Or like they say, are you the only one at the top? There's reasons we have checks and balances. Thank you. Good morning. Have a nice day. Be nice if you could spare us a few commas in there. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think to to run a company is you definitely need a board because you you know it takes more brains. But to run an emergency on a day to day basis, you just need one you individual. You need one good strong man, like let's say Adolf Hitler, a good strong man at the top who will tell you what you have to do. Right? Okay, so you're saying Governor Wolf's responsible I'm for say- six no, million deaths? I'm, no, I'm saying that any time you place your faith in one strong man. You run the risk of allowing yourself to have your liberties taken away. You know, that's the beauty of our system here in this country, mm. that we don't, we're a government of laws, not men. Well, that's an excellent point. I'm going to agree with you on that, because I think in the decades ahead, if you and I could somehow envision our governor and our legislature without the present actors running it, you know, without a partisan hack in the Democratic governor's seat and without a Republican, you know, dictators on the legislative side who move as slowly as turtles, I think, you know, if we weren't so tainted by the terrible leaders that we have there, I think we could probably look at this referendum in a better way. Well, that's your problem, not mine. Right. I be- I understand that you it will affect the Republican governor the same way it affects a Democratic governor, and I accept the fact that the roles could be entirely reversed, mm-hmm. and I would still feel the same way, that no governor should, ha- not, should have complete freedom of action without legislative oversight. Right. I just can't separate this from the buffoon who are the deciders at present. Oh, now the entire state legislature is packs of buffoons. No, just the governor and the Republicans in the legislature. Oh, and the Democrats in the legislature, they are what? I guess They are not buffoons. What are they? I don't know. I haven't heard anything from them in a couple (laughs) of two, three years. Lance, you're on the mark. You folks have really uh, run the whole thing from what I wanted to talk about the governor. I mean, really. Uh, but just think now, if our whole state was run like Philadelphia, you know, with all those Democrats, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, no crime, low taxes, not a hint of corruption anywhere. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that's what I uh, think about that. It always seems like, even though the uh, Democrats slash uh, progressives 
always talk, it's we the people or the government, they always seem to look for that man of the people who eventually really messes things up. We look down to south of the border there, and that's what happened every time, every time. And that particular uh, rally you're talking about, I knew people that were there, and they said it was pretty much anti-police. I mean, seriously. I mean, not, these are folks that aren't uh, one way or the other on anything. Well, it was. It was sparked by George Floyd, as I recall. Right, right. But they were really going, uh, tarring all the police with the same brush. Did a really good um, deal on that. Well, you know, I, I like to give the devil his due. I think Governor Wolf has been a decent governor. I don't think he's been incompetent. I don't think he doesn't care about the people of Pennsylvania. I don't think he wants to harm anyone. But I do think that he made a mistake in not bringing the legislature into this discussion early and and hearing what they had to say and maybe finding some middle road. I think they approached him, but he didn't want to speak to them. And that's because he had absolute power. And I don't think any elected official should have absolute power. No. Well, here, when uh, he's going on about, uh, you know, the uh, death penalty and all that, he talked about how on uh, death row in Pennsylvania, even though blacks in Pennsylvania were only a little over 12% of the population, they represented over half the people on death row. Well, also, they committed half the murders. So wouldn't that follow, all things being equal, that uh, half the people that were committing half the murders should be on death row? Does that make sense? Well, it does, except the death penalty has been rather inconsistently imposed in Pennsylvania and other states over the years. And I think before society decides that someone's life must be forfeited, we need to carefully look at the circumstances of their conviction and the fact that we have to be always mindful of the fact that that can't be undone. We can set somebody free from jail after 20 years of incarceration, but we can't bring them back from the dead. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not for the death penalty anymore myself. But what I'm saying is that all things being equal, half the people that committed the murder should be on death row as representative half of them that are there. Well, if you don't commit murder, you don't wind up on death row. That's exactly right. Another thing here is if we look at the number of people that were killed by police, there's about a thousand. Now, 200, and I think it was the figures I saw, 68 were black. So even though they're committing way over half of the crime, they're only less than 30% of the people that are killed. So actually, it's the white folks that are getting killed um, more proportionately in proportion to the amount of crime they commit. Well, I think that can't be true because in the Juneteenth letter, the governor said the continued death of African Americans at the hands of police is a sign that racism and intolerance. Are you laughing at the governor? <laughs> racism oh, yeah, and intolerance. It's, it's absurd. Are still. I mean, when you look at the figures, it's absurd. Well, what he, you know, he probably should have said something like, and because of a very small minority of individual police officers who may or may not have acted because of any inherent racism strayed far from their training and may have injured Af African Americans at the hands of police, it may be that we need more training or 
some sort of a weed out well, process. Let's look at another another help in this area. Look at another aspect of it. How many? We have a lot of wonderful truck drivers in this country. Some of them are bad, and some of them run <laughs> run over people and and cause accidents they weren't paying attention. We we don't tar the entire truck driver industry or truck driver profession because of that. But yet with police we do. You know, suppose a truck driver accidentally rear-ends a car and kills a black family. Do we take to the streets and want to protest the fact that truck drivers are killing black people? And you're saying the governor does no, do I'm that. No, I'm saying that we need to put this thing in perspective. At some point, I, I don't think we demonize the victims, but we do have to take into consideration to what extent they contributed to their own demise. You know, did they follow police directions? If they did and they still got shot, that's on the cops. But if they were told to stop and they didn't or they brandished a weapon, they are, to some extent, and larger, maybe than smaller extent, responsible for the outcome themselves, aren't they? Yes, they bring it on themselves. They I didn't say oh, they bring it on themselves. Well, I say no, they contributed. They, they start the dominoes falling. How about that? All right, Lance, we'll give you the last word. We've got to hit the break. Uh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, um, to put it really in perspective now, there were um, about 8,000 murders that were endured by our black population. Okay. Sixteen of them were unarmed blacks by police. That's 500 to 1. All right. Something to think about. All right. Well, there was a story this weekend. Thank you, Lance. 24 people were shot and four died in separate shootings over a bloody weekend in Atlanta. All right. Well, we'll talk about that when we come back. We've got one call coming in. We've got to take the break. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. You can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. That's Rob playing the guitar over there. He's the most fabulous producer we've ever had. And uh, we appreciate his help and hard work and just making sure the phones are cooking. And so help him out by dialing 1-800-795-9565. Joe, you see some texts it says, there. I'm a former FEMA, Pima incident commander, the last thing I want to deal with when managing an emergency disaster is a politician. Okay? All right. Doesn't want to do that. Another one says, what oh, you mean, is... So, uh, so I think he's speaking uh, opposed to the referendum because he would mean that the... Well, the, governor the governor's a, a politician. politician. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I guess you And could. you would be dealing with them, you know. But right. on the other hand, I think they do play a part, so I don't know how you'd ever cut them out. Uh, another writer says, what Wolf has done has not been good for Pennsylvania. 
And finally, another texter says, Eric, the constitutional change on the ballot will apply to all future governors and legislators, no matter what party. We have a governor, not a dictator. And I will say that that uh, message cut off after 180 characters, so maybe we have a limit on the characters. And we don't have a jump. It didn't jump to anywhere, so maybe we have have a a lot of characters in this program. Right, yes. Stan's (laughs) got to send fewer texts, so we got a limit on characters here. Bob, you're on the mark. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, good morning. Uh, As far as the governor goes, I'm thinking, you know, he's doing what's in the best interest of the people so if he's planning you know on you know you're driving a truck and it's snowing outside you're not allowed to drive your truck on the road because you could have an accident or you could get traffic stuck or something like that should that should he only have the power to do that for one day too well i don't think snowstorms typically last a year not 21 days anyway well yeah but that's just an accident that's not a pandemic that's not people dying you know, over breathing the air about your, you know, breathing. Do you support the the change in the Constitution? I do not support the change in the Constitution. I believe that the governor does what's best for the citizens, just like the president has four years to do whatever he's doing for four years, that we can't change what he does for four years, can we? Well, given, given the fact that you often come down on Republicans, suppose the governor was a Republican, would you be arguing the same way? I don't take this as political. I take this as life-saving. Well, what if this a re- is not a political issue. This is about saving people's lives. It is not a Republican thing. It's not a Democratic thing. It's a humane thing. Well, you're assuming that the governor's made all the right calls, and I think there's some evidence he to did. the contrary to he that. He did. He put elderly people back in nursing homes. He's one of the people have accused you, of killing them. Have you them. lost someone in your family to COVID? No, fortunately I haven't. God bless you, I did. And there's 500,000 other families out here that did, too. Nobody's arguing and it that. it could have been a lot worse than that. It could be, like, look at over in India. Is that where it is now? India that's having all these deaths? Right, but look at, Cali- look at California and New York and compare them to, to Florida and Texas, where they did open up and the death rates are lower. Well, they're lucky. No, they no, maybe they right. knew what they were doing. But that's, that's, there's a, a huge population difference. Right, it's apples so and oranges, you're but Joe at, loves yeah, it. Florida has a lot more, po- Florida has more population than smaller. we do. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, that I'm not saying that Governor Wolf, you're saying he's a hero, I'm not saying he's a villain. I just think any politician should be subject to review. No one should have absolute power, whether they're, they're using it for days. good or for ill. How about 60 just days? Like, Biden is a savior and Trump was a failure. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, that's verifiable. We can prove that. Thank I think, you. I think the electorate spoke. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, another Bro, text you, on the. You guys are tough today. Another text. All right. Uh, voting on the proposed no. amendments. Vote no. Oh, voting no. Uh, voting no, the proposed amendments. I guess vote How no. About we should be voting vote no. no. <laughs> right. David Rowe should not be anywhere near any decision in emergency management. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for the text. Appreciate that. And somebody else texted us. Is, is that you testing us? Yeah, I wanted to see if my phone would work. You can't even spell hello? <laughs> no, I have a, I'm having trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Thumb problem. All right. Hello. All right. Hello. We have open phones right now. We'll take your call. We have talked a little bit about uh, the referenda that are on the Pennsylvania spring primary election ballot. The election is underway. Get out the vote and make sure you uh, listen to not Joe or I, but bone up on these topics and formulate your own good opinions. There's some judges races out there. Union Snyder County has a 17th judicial race. There's room for both of the candidates to emerge this fall, but really one could bonk the other off with the win today. So uh, if they, well, I guess barring a write-in, but uh, nobody might, nobody else might appear on the ballot if one of the other candidates takes both Republican and Democratic slots on the fall ballot. So that's an important race out there. I thought it seemed a little more contentious than most judge races. Testy was race. the word you Yes, I use the word testy. And who started it? I don't know. Okay. I don't know who started it. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, very... I don't know who finished it either. <laughs> I think it's still ongoing. I, I, you know, it's an important race, and I, I look, I look for temperament. I look for people who are going to be able to decide fairly and impartially, and not impose their own will from the bench. You know, both candidates, I think, are in that regard, are probably qualified. The fact that they got a little testy with one another, well, you know, when you're speaking about a position as important as judge and you're, you believe you have something to bring to the table that the other candidate doesn't, I can understand them getting a little aggressive with one another, but still, I would have been happier if the race had been on a higher level. Well, I guess you have to be clear what the differences are. I think you can talk about yourself all you want, and if you are qualified, they're both qualified, so that's uh, noteworthy, and they're both experienced, so they both can draw that out there, and you can uh, at length in various fora or on your website or in your opportunities talk about your experiences. But I think at some point, uh, one of our questions we always ask <laughs> candidates in the fall is compare and contrast yourself with other people on the ballot, you know, or with if it's or just your opponent. So that somebody that might be looking for the subtleties or what's the difference? Like, let's suppose you and I were both running for mayor of Shamokin Dam, which you're unopposed this time in the primary, know, yeah. as far as you know. All right. So but let's suppose Joe and I were both running for mayor of Shamokin Dam. Of course, he's eminently qualified. I bring almost nothing to the table. Well, the voters would have a need an opportunity to know that, and like Joe would have to say, well, I have experience in emergency management, experience in counseling, experience in budgeting. I'm a conservative, as most of my constituents are. You know, I know how to run a snowplow. You know, and I would bring to the table. Well, I enjoy hunting on the periphery of Shamokin Dam. And I, um, let's see. Uh, oh, well, yeah, but I know where KFC is. Your, your qualifications are always important in any race. But the thing is, here, when we're talking about the judge race. Judges have to bring something more to the table than just ability. They have to bring a certain temperament. They have to bring a certain worldview. They have to be more interested in justice than they are in whether or not they're right and wrong. It could be awfully hard. I always thought the worst thing a judge could face was a motion to recuse himself, where someone on the other side is saying, I don't think you're capable of making a decision here that's fair and impartial. As a judge, you know, your first human reaction is to say, well, I'll show you, buddy, mm -hmm. you know. But on the other hand, a judge 
coach has to be able to step back and look at himself objectively and say, okay, do they have a point here or don't they? I think that has to be an incredibly difficult thing for any human being to do. And if you find someone in a, who's a candidate for a judge who has that capability to stand back and not get involved emotionally or invested emotionally in what they're dealing with, but yet try to impartially and fairly uh, dispense justice. That's the candidate I want in office. All right. Uh, we did get to hear from uh, both of the candidates over the course of several months here on WKOK, so we certainly invite you to uh, uh, go back to our podcast page and listen to those interviews. Uh, both of those appearances by each candidate was followed by a story in the news that highlighted their experience and demeanor as well. What's your view on the Pennsylvania spring primary election race as it relates to the referenda 1-800-795-9565 if you wish to comment on the judges race you can do so too 1-800-795-9565 we have the governor being accused of really being anti-police and there's uh, two strikes against him one is the wording of his juneteenth letter and the other that uh, joe and lance have pointed out that uh, the governor did participate at an anti-police rally in harrisburg of course common sense dictates that that's not true, but they firmly believe it. 1-800-795-9565. Penn State freshman, you can say goodbye to the term freshman. They would become a first-year student or a second-year student or a third-year student or, if what, a fourth-year student? And then and beyond. Okay, but and here's beyond. the thing. Concerns, that's the actual term, and beyond. Well, right? now, wait a second, but concerns have been raised that numbering years beyond the fourth year would negatively reflect on students who, for various reasons, are taking longer to compete their typical four-year program. We were also re um, referred to as super seniors in this case. Now stop and think about that. They're worried about the stigma that's saying uh, you're a five, if we go beyond five or six years, mm -hmm. they want to stop at four. Okay, but let's face it, all of them are at some level in the process. They're either a freshman, junior, sophomore or se sophomore junior or senior mm -hmm. that doesn't put any stigma on how long they may have been in one of those categories i could be a freshman for six years and that doesn't how if, if it just takes me six years to complete my freshman courses okay that's what they're saying here but they're worried about the numbers by saying you're a, they want to say one two three four but they don't want to say five six seven I or think eight if you're if you've been there for two years whether you're taking freshman course after freshman course after freshman course, you still become a freshman, junior, senior. Right. That's what I'm saying. Why, why change it? Because that well, does, okay. that first indicates year, year, where year. on the ladder they are, not how long they've been on the ladder. It's a first, I could be Did a second. Did you get that? Yes. Okay. A, a second year, I'd be a second year freshman under those circumstances. No, no. You're still a freshman. Doesn't matter what year you are. You're it's a freshman. It's where you are in relation to It's where to you are on the ladder, not how many years you've been on the ladder. All right. Well, they want to get rid of the man reference. If only we had ever called it fresh person, <laughs> it would be okay. But they want to get a fresh man. Well, junior and senior is ridiculous. And what's their what's their complaint with sophomore? Complaint with sophomore. But it's very sophomoric. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. That's <laughs> All right. We got to take a break on that note. 1-800-795. Shame on Penn State. <laughs> All right. Call us now on any of these good topics. We got open phones. You can text us at 70236. Put OTM as a keyword in that text and send us a note. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com.
Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We have a new text. Uh, one of our listeners was on the line a short time ago expressing confidence in the governor and uh, disdain for the legislature's ability to run an emergency. To that end, one of our texters says, Bob, the families of the dead nursing home patients would disagree about Wolf's voting on the proposed amendments. No, no, no that's it. Just oh. They just disagree that he's a good... About Wolf. ...handled the pandemic satisfactorily. Okay. Wow. one 800 I don't like this new system. <laughs> Not the new text system. Can we go system. back to the old system? <laughs> uh, I sincerely... This got changed on us. This is a new face. It, we can actually do more with it, but we do a... Compared to what this text messaging system does, we do very little with it. You know, we really just want listeners to be able to send us a, a note saying Mark is wrong and Joe is right, and that's all they have to do. But they have to put OTM minute now, and of course we have to hit refresh every minute. If and we miss the OTM, minute... We could have a 3,000 texts out there where somebody just sent it and didn't put OTM in right. front of it. <laughs> and I tried to send one and it auto-corrected OTM to Tom. And then when they <laughs> sent it, of course that wouldn't go through. We don't have a keyword Tom. Tom right. <laughs> Maybe they do next story, you never know. Okay, well... Alright, anyway. Alright, so text us, please. Uh, welcome on board. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is our superlative co-host here, a good conservative, natural-born listener. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. We still have our great, great, great producer on the other side of the glass, so we're glad he's there. And uh, we invite you to call us, 1-800-795-9565. Email on the mark at WKOK.com. Despite our protestations, text 70236, but don't forget your OTM keyword. That's in that. Pennsylvania spring primary election is underway. We talked about the referenda. Joe and I disagree and voted differently on those. I already mailed by mail-in ballot. Joe voted in person. I'm assuming that you voted in person the I same did way you today. talked about it. Today, today. All right. And uh, we also talked about our anti-police governor, in the view of some. And uh, Penn State, they're getting rid of freshmen. Penn State University is going to stop using male-centric terms on campus. Words like freshman and underclassman will be replaced with first year, second year, third year. Uh, they say the, term, the old terms are dated, sound sexist, and promote classism. All right. What's your view on that? Give us a buzz. 1-800-795. They've got to be racist, too. Throw racist oh, in there. Racist. I'm sure they they're racist. They are racist. They are racist. Um, they are racist. Right, because uh, Penn State's colors are blue and white. white. Yes, Not that's racist. Blue and black and white. If i ever seen racism, that's there it. There you have it. In the society of blue people, the blue men in Las Vegas are very upset that they're being singled out. All right, Dale, you're on the mark. What's new with the Bar Association? I I don't want to talk about the integrity elective. I want to talk about the integrity of the candidate. Because, obviously, you look at Cuomo and Giuliani, the investigations lead nowhere, okay? So, basically, these big law firms they hire turn the FBI into mall police. And so if you vote, it don't matter who you vote for, the candidate you're voting for is going to be for the Bar Association. It's going to be for white-collar crime, and you're going to be voting against blue-collar workers and private sector jobs. So just keep voting and just, and just vote for white-collar crime. That's all that's happened. What should we it's do hard. with law? Yeah, lawyers. I mean, really, why didn't Cuomo out of there? Because the FBI turned into mall police, right, basically. You got he hired a big law firm. You know, it, it's... It's, it's, it's blatant, obviously. I mean, these people vote or vote for white collar crime. It, it ain't the, the integrity of election, the in, uh, integrity of the candidate, because they're they're in a gang. It's called bar association. Period. 
All right. It, well, I mean, I've been pounding this in your head for so long. I know. Whoever, believe me, we, we accept the fact we accept the fact the bar association is evil personified. But how do we how so do we stop them? Who's more powerful, them? Joe? The two biggest law firms in Pennsylvania or FBI? Tell me who's more powerful. Bar association. Uh, bar association by far. Sure. Yeah. 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 So the FBI are more police. So we should defund the uh, the FBI. Correct. I think we should defund the mall police. I think we should defund the FBI, not the police. That's where you're steering everybody. <laughs> defund the police and all that. You're steering people. Look at the police. Look at the teachers. You don't want to talk about the integrity of the group that's running this government, so-called government. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's mafia style. It's crazy. And you guys are just do- doing doing them a favor by talking around the edges. You got to go right for the neck. Fortunately, we got you to help yeah, us well, out. Yeah, you, you were straightening yeah, us out. I mean, you keep keeping us on right, track. Don't you feel as though people are going to vote in this election or vote for white-collar crime? I mean, obviously, don't you feel that way? Absolutely. No yeah. argument there. And the Bar yeah, Association is at the heart of it. blue-collar working private sectors because they're the ones going to be paying for all these fictitious investigations. You know? Well, where, where does the Medical Association come in here? Don't they bear some of the responsibility? The AMA. No, the AMA. Oh, they, they got big all firms controlling their situation. They're getting they're getting taken care of. I mean, okay. Joe, you rather fund, defund the police, defund the FBI, defund the teachers, or the or, uh, Bar Association? Tell me which one would you, you got a choice. Who would you defund? I'd defund them all. Let's, let's get rid of all of them. I mean, the integrity of, of the people running, the association running this government is in the trash. Trash. Okay. And, I mean, there ain't no senior judge or anybody who can look me straight in the face and tell me it's not a big racket. And, and they sit there, I'll give them an hour to try to explain They won't even penetrate my thoughts. Because it's straight up. I, I don't doubt that, Dale. Believe me, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I, I already wrote a letter to the courts of uh, of federal courts of Pennsylvania. They tried to uh, get me to be a juror. I told them how I felt about the Bar Association. They never called me back. That's <laughs> weird. Never, <laughs> Wonder why. Yeah. yeah, I know, because the racket. That's it. Clear, period. I'm all right. Not, well, I'll remember that if I ever get called for federal jury duty. All I need to do is write a letter denouncing the Bar Association, and I won't be called. Yep, exactly. You tell them how you feel, because it's a racket. The, the prosecutor, the, the defense attorney, and the uh, judge, they're all on the same team. And they're going to feed you a bunch of words that ain't going to even make sense. So just vote for uh, blue-collar crime. I mean, white-collar crime. That's what people are going to be voting for. All right. That we on. got you, brother. Thank you so much for checking in. Have a good one. Whew. Well, we got sucked into that <laughs> vortex in a hurry. <laughs> Well, I believe he would not change his mind if they talked to him for an hour. I do believe he's firm in his convictions. <laughs> All right. So we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. Email on the market, And text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> That's right. It's a cell phone. That's okay. Card. It's all good. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Ultra speedy dialers now. Did you hear the story? And I, I love this. President Biden's energy secretary is facing renewed backlash for canceling the Keystone XL pipeline permit after she admitted this week on national television that using a pipeline is the best way to transport fuel. At a Tuesday press conference, Department of Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm was asked by a reporter about the feasibility of using rail cars to transport fuel across the country as the nation faces a gasoline shortage from a Russian cyber attack. The Energy Secretary said the Department of Transportation was looking into the use of rail cars to transport fuel and that these are not easy solutions as there are a lot of variables with rail transportation. Granholm also said the Colonial Pipeline, which runs from Texas to New York and is similar to the recently canceled Keystone XL Pipeline, is the premier way to pump petroleum into communities. (laughs) And then Joe Biden... Oh, you don't think so? Well, I, 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 you're talking about two different things here. One is building a new pipeline to bring in more dirty fuel into the U.S. that we don't need. And she was talking specifically about this idea of bypassing the Colonial Pipeline with rail cars. I think that would be a logistical uh, difficulty, and so she's pointing that out. But, look, you, you, we just talk about this referendum, and, you know, the reason that you support it is because, you know, skip the terrible players who are at the helm of the legislature and the governor. Now, look 20 years ahead, you know, take them out of the picture. Think how good, sound, good governors and and good legislators would behave if if we had such a thing. Okay, so we can do that. Well, it's the same thing with pipelines. Skip the current dilemma with the Colonial Pipeline. Uh, If the pipeline weren't there, obviously rail would be the other way to go, but that's logistically difficult to set up in a hurry, and another pipeline might be a safer way to move it. But we don't need the fuel from Canada. We don't need the XL pipeline. We don't need that. We need to think, what are we going to be 20 years from now? 20 years from now, very few vehicles coming off the assembly line will run on gasoline. So what's the harm? There wouldn't be anything in the pipeline at that point. We'd shut it down. So what's the harm of having it? You just don't need it. You don't need that construction. But you yes, don't you need do. the environmental need degradation. Right we There's just no don't environmental need it. degradation if you bury it underground and you don't use it. What are you what's talking about? What's the environmental degradation? If I bury, for example, I have a power line that runs from my house to my shed. Mm-hmm. I bury it underground. Okay, so I turn, off, turn oh, it off. Oh, bury in the pipeline. Right. What's the difference? You know, it's if it's not used, there's no environmental degradation. There's no chance for a leak if it's not used, as well, you environmentalists like to say. President Biden feels as though that is not part of our carbon-free future. I'm just telling you what he says. I, I know that it's unrealistic to say so now, but the president vetoed anything that he could veto related to Keystone XL because he says the he country is going people out of work. That's what the he did. The country's moving away from fossil. 
fossil fuels, and that's that's the future. They're not moving right. away from Now we them. got two calls coming in <laughs> at the last minute, but uh, one of our good texters sends us a very smart message, says Mark is wrong as usual. Now, what kind of a sophomore person would send that? Te- I did. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. So we'll wait for the callers to be all set here. 1-800. Well, tomorrow you'll need this number, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, one of our listeners sends me a personal text, says, Mark, I sent you an email. You didn't read it. Why not? Um, maybe we're not getting them. I don't uh, see an email here. We, we certainly aren't ignoring any today. We have in the past, unfortunately, because of accident. But uh, in this particular case, we just got one email from our good colleague, Ben Rackley, who sent us some very unfunny cartoons. <laughs> No, just kidding. But uh, oh, we lost so, both oh, those calls. Okay, okay, they don't want to go on the radio. So right? Let's go That's back fine. to where we were going. Listen, what she said, what the Secretary of Energy said was the pipeline, a pipeline, is the best way to transport fuel. Yeah, true. It's the safest way. Absolutely. So, and until those day, the day comes when we no longer need fuels, pipelines are going to play an important part in the safe distribution of fuel across the country. For him to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline was insane. And I think it just it's pandering to the base of you uh, environmentalists who want the environment, want everything perfect in an imperfect world. It's pandering to the people who see our bright future ahead where we're not reliant on fossil fuels. But that day isn't today. No, it isn't today. Next, but it's not next week. The Keystone XL pipeline isn't all about today. It's about the future. The future doesn't so involve When it oil. becomes unnecessary, what would happen? Take, for example, the old gas-fired or the coal-fired power plant in Shemokin Dam. It had scrap value, so it was torn down and sold for scrap. You know, it's not sitting there anymore. It's not causing any harm to the environment. Wouldn't the same thing be practical if, in your glorious future, free from fossil fuels, we no longer need pipelines? Don't you think it would probably be practical to dig up the ground, take them up, recycle the metal, put the ground back, plant trees? What would be the harm in that? I think the president is more forward-thinking than you. He, Of <laughs> course, you don't believe in climate change anyway, and the president well, believes... Well, you're turning it back on me. You're ignoring well, my argument. I'm arguing with you. I'm saying President Biden ha- killed the portions of the Keystone XL pipeline that he could because he knows that carbon uh, oil has no place in our future. We don't need the dirty oil from Canada anyway. Well, that's all there is to that. <laughs> but how's it getting where it's going now, Mark? It's going in rail cars. We don't even the, need it in the U.S. But it's going through the U.S. Well, in rail maybe cars. Maybe on rail cars, right? But pretty soon that will subside and stop and wind down, and that'll be. But bad. in the meantime, suppose there's a terrible accident and uh, one of these car tr- uh, trains derail. I guarantee that will happen. And so it's carrying oil that could have been safely carried in a pipeline, but it's being transported <laughs> via rail. Well, I think the president is a little bit more forward-thinking than good old yeah, That's Joe. twice now you've said that, wow, and both times you've been wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, that's twice now you've pointed out that we do need Keystone XL when, in fact, we don't. Joe wouldn't know it if, unless he said it on a teleprompter. Uh, yeah, Joe uh, Biden, that is. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WDK, okay, Sunbury.